The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have a very special guest with us who is going to share her best tips on decluttering our spaces, our homes, pretty much anywhere that we are living. And not only that, but what that means for us, how it can impact our emotions, our energy, our productivity. So I am super excited to learn these tips for myself and also for her to share them with my listeners. So our guest today is Dr. Zem Muffet. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. So for those that don't know, Dr. Zem Muffet is a professional declutterer in Glasgow, Scotland. Trained in social anthropology, she has been helping people make sense of their things and places for over 10 years. She works with clients in their homes and virtually, is a community motivator, and loves wild swimming. Several years ago, she founded the Scottish charity Clutter Chat that supports people suffering with chronic clutter through mutual peer-to-peer support. So Dr. Zem, before we jump into all of the amazing nuggets that you share with us, I want to ask you a fun question to help our audience get to know you a bit more. So I'm just going to pick a random card from this deck and we'll see what comes up. Okay, which magazine would you like to be on the cover of? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, the, the first one that came to my head was Vogue. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. <laughs> That's a great one. That would mean that you're stylish. Would you consider yourself stylish? I, I really like style. I think um, I remember as a, as a child, I was walking along um, like one of the roads in London and my granny just pointed out on the other side of this road, this stylish lady in like this top hat and coat. And she said, look at that lady. And so I think maybe it's because of that. Um, but yeah. Very yeah, cool. My you know, I'm, Vogue. That's awesome. I'm always jealous of stylish people. I would not consider myself stylish, but my mom is. So anytime she gets me a, a clothing item, whether it's a shirt or dress or pants, I will always keep it because I know that it must be in style. <laughs> do you wear it or do you just keep it? Um, a little bit of both. Most of the time I do wear, and most of the time it's something where when I'm holding it up in front of me, I think, oh, I'll never wear this, but sure. I'll keep it. And then I end up wearing it all the time. So that's helpful. All right. So I want to first jump into the why and then the how. So can you give us a recap of why this is all so important and also maybe how you got into this in the first place? Um, I think the why of decluttering is it's important on every level, on the physical, the emotional, 
the mental, the spiritual, um, because it lets us flow. It lets us flow around our environment. It lets us do what we really want to do and what we're really here to do, whatever that is, what our vocation is, what our what our reason for kind of being here is, um, what gets us excited. And if you have too much stuff in the way, you can often just not see um, or just get very frustrated because you know what you want to do, you just can't get at it. Um, and it just makes, it means that it just makes life easier so that, you know, life happens, but we can react quicker if we know where things are. Um, we can react quicker if we can get from A to B sort of quickly, as opposed to tripping over things. Um, so I think it just works on every level. It's very simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. I once heard something that is reminding me of what you're saying right now. I once heard that our brains can only make so many decisions in a day. And so if you use up those decisions with things like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? You know, just all the little thoughts that we have, then in the middle of the day or by the end of the day, you just feel burnt out because you've made so many decisions. So I feel from what you're saying that being clutter free will help reduce those decisions. So you'll feel more mentally clear. Yeah. You've just got more space so you can focus on what's important. Right. I love that. So one thing that a lot of people with multiple sclerosis suffer from is fatigue. The mm. statistic I believe right now is that 80% of people with MS will suffer from some level of fatigue. And sometimes that fatigue is just caused from the disease itself. Other times it's caused from something that we did. So moving around a lot or exercising or stress. So for someone who suffers from fatigue, how easy is it or not to get clutter-free and stay clutter-free? Well, it's, I mean, how, how easy is it? It, it is sort of, I suppose it, it's just a, a tricky one. It depends on each person, how easy it is. Um, so I don't know if I can answer that, but what I can say is that there's some very good strategies for making your environment less stressful and more able to, to uh, so your home, your environment should enable you. It shouldn't disable you. Mm -hmm. It should allow you to, to move, to get from A to B, whether that's from your seat to the, to the kettle or to the toothbrush, it should allow you to do that. And, um, rather than prevent you from being able to, and, and waste, you don't want to waste all that energy, all that precious energy that you have, um, which must be why, you know, fatigue happens because there's so much required. Um, so it's really about taking the load off and making it very simple. So the question is, is how easy is it? Well, the best way to do it is a little bit at a time. So with those of us with limited energy, um, you just need to take it in bite-sized chunks. So be it five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, whatever is your, your amount of energy time. And also pick the time of the day with your best energy. So for me, that's the morning um, when I can be really quite productive, but other people it'd be the afternoon or even the evening for the night hours, you know, when is it for those sort of 10 minutes? And then you need to make it regular. 
but don't think oh I need to do an hour or I need to do three hours that's far too overwhelming you just do a little bit once a day or three times a week like doing your regular exercises okay so would you say that it's better to do it a few times a week versus just all in one day absolutely all in one day I've just been sort of working with someone with chronic fatigue and all in one day and she she overdid it Mm. and then um yeah she was she was exhausted absolutely exhausted and laid out um and because it can be quite exciting you can get a bit of running going I'm going to do this I'm going to do this but honestly the best way is to just take it steady just take it steady and when you think in your head that's going to take you a month triple it I always say triple the estimated time so because it will it, it does when you start dealing with stuff it takes your mental energy your emotional energy if they're filled with precious memories or emotions or maybe a past a past career or a past life that's difficult to let go of and it's all involved in the stuff in your house then that actually after doing working with something like that you then need to go get yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or just have a lie down or go for um, go for a trip to the park or something like that just to allow the emotions to catch up with with what you're processing. I love that. So it's really a physical act that you're doing of tidying up and decluttering, but also a mental and emotional component too. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's so professional declutterers work with clients who suffer from too much stuff, too much clutter, but that could come from a variety of reasons. There's no one reason. So it could be grief. Could be that someone's died and they just can't let go of of, of the stuff because they're still very attached and it becomes overwhelming. It could be a physical change. So all of a sudden, the things in your home that once were appropriate no longer are because you physically can't access them. It could be a life change. So you've decided to pursue something different. So your tennis racket is no longer necessary. Right. <laughs> um, you're no longer going to be playing tennis. Um, but and, and then it can also just be poor executive functioning, um, poor decision making skills. Um, and also the big thing is, is actually lack of help. I think one of the issues, one of the my big bugbears is that people take on cluster as a personal problem it's my problem it's my psychological issue it's my I'm lazy it's like it, and a lot of accusation comes in but actually it's a for me it's as much um a social it's a social problem as well it's like your culture and it's everything that happens around you and if people around you are not helping you and not helping you deal with your stuff and also just leaving their own stuff everywhere for you to deal with um then it just mounts up so i think some issues are personal and things that you can work on but also we all live in context with other people and i say that you know you're born with nothing and it's people that give you things and and it's people that have to help you let go mm -hmm. you, it, because and so you have to work with those around you in your home in your community um, whether it's, you know, getting cleaners in to help, um, using the recycling facilities, using the charity shops. We have loads of charity shops in the UK. Um, 
So it's and often I find I'm, I'm off on one now, but often I find that people, when they have a lot of clutter, they can become quite isolated. So it's also about building up one's confidence to meet other people and to talk with other people and to say, would you like this? I have this going spare and giving it. And often people go, oh, they're not going to want that. They're not going to want that. And you'll be surprised at what people want or what other people want. But it's just also building up that confidence to be able to offer it and to ask and to ask for help. And it, it really annoys me how when you see people who are physically struggling or tired and um, they just need help to lift things, you know, they just need help to move things. Um, so, yeah, I, I think also my wish is that everyone around would help enable everybody else to declutter. Right. So does decluttering mean to get rid of things? No. Well, I mean, it does. I mean, the word declutter, I prefer clutter clearing as a okay. phrase, because um, decluttering, it sounds like you're you're moving into lack, you're moving into nothing. And people think that decluttering is like, they'll go, oh, you just want to come in and and make me let go of everything. And no, it's about keeping the things that are essential and letting go of the things that aren't. Um, and the declutterers will help one choose and decide what is important to keep. Um, because my, as you said, my, um, my background's in anthropology and humans have never lived without stuff. Humanity is about stuff. We've just got too much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I loved your example of the tennis racket because I took tennis lessons when I was young, maybe between the ages of eight and 13. And so I had a tennis racket and somehow I have brought it with me everywhere that I've moved over the last 10 years. And I think I've played tennis once in the last 10 years. <laughs> and so that I feel like that's a perfect example of what you're saying, where that's not part of my life anymore, yet I'm still hanging on to it. So what would your tip be is the, do you have any rules? Like, okay, if you haven't used it in this amount of time, then you should get rid of it or, or any guidance for that? Well, I would say, so about your tennis racket, what I would suggest is that if playing tennis was quite a significant bit of your history, bit of your life, um, then I would hang it on the wall. I would turn it into some kind of um, bit of art, you know, um, because I see you've got some nice plates or something I can't totally see on the wall behind you. But, you know, you could you could have your tennis right. Like people will frame a T-shirt or something like that. I've just had a cushion cover made out of my old, I went on expedition to um, Namibia about 20 odd years ago and the T-shirt was still going strong, but it's it's gone. And, but it's got the names of everybody who I went away with. So a friend of mine, a neighbor who's very handy with the sewing machine um, has made it into a cushion cover for me. And I'll tell you, Gretchen, I've, I've actually now studied all the names and everything on the t-shirt that I never did when I wore it. So, and I've got a nice cushion cover. So it's also about transforming something and using creativity. So creativity, I think is a wonderful way of, of getting, through, getting through your clutter. You can have rules that say, if I haven't used it in, in a year, um, like we're currently going through, me and my partner, sort of this flat and kind of going, well, 
are we likely to use it in six months time? Are we likely and thinking ahead or are we likely to use it in a year? Um, and if not, then can we find another home for it? Or if we're kind of undecided, let's just pop it in the cellar for a bit. <laughs> right. So is there, let's say that I want to become clutter free or clearing my clutter. Yeah. Would you suggest starting with a specific room? Does everyone generally like, let's say, let's start in the kitchen or is it different for everyone? Um, you can do. Um, I would say start well well that's assuming that all the same objects are in the room where they should be which isn't necessarily always the case sure. so I would start with a category so it could be mugs but your mugs could be in lots of different places it could be um clothes and you could break down clothes into tops and bottoms um or you could break it down into summer clothes and winter clothes or seasonal clothes um it could be now books often pile up and paperwork is a really tricky one. Um, so I think it's first of all, you kind of group like with like. Um, and then once you've seen how much you've got, you can then and see them all in one place. You can then start to make decisions about, no, I really want that one, but not that one. I love that idea of categories because as you were mentioning them, even just the clothes for me right off the top of my head, I, I know that I have at least four rooms and then also the basement that has clothes in them. <laughs> so that does seem better to just go with clothes no matter where they are versus yeah. just the bedroom. Then I'm still going to have to deal with clothes when I get to uh, the living room, you know, where yeah. there's another closet in there. So I like mm -hmm. that category idea. So what other tips do you have? Do you have any best tips that you would give everyone that you're working with? Um, so think about, I'm all up for flow. So think about light and think about flow. So, um, and so things like being able to open the windows, letting the air through, getting, getting fresh air through, letting the light in. Um, so even if it's just, cleaning the windows, opening the curtains, opening the blinds. Um, and the other thing is corridors. So make sure that your access corridors are clear. And I think this is particularly important for people who suffer from fatigue. Um, you want to make it really easy for yourself to get anywhere. You don't want any obstacles. You don't want to have to think, your brain have to think, oh, there's something on the floor, there's something around the corner. So clear from behind the doors, make sure the doors can open properly. Um, and yeah, so access corridors are really important. Um, so you can move from A to B to C to D um, without, without tripping over. Being able to get in and out the front door, um, which is often a blockage area. So keep that as clear and tidy as possible and make the door welcoming so that when you go out and come in, I think of the door, it's like your your smiley face. It's like when you see someone, um, you, you want to be greeted with a sort of a welcoming smile. So think of your house as like greeting you with this welcoming smile. So when you come in, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it, whatever makes you smile, it's clean, it's swept, it's, um, you know, it's just there welcoming you, going welcome into your lovely home. And when you come in, have things that lift you. So for some 
um, of your listeners who might be in um, wheelchairs or might be um, might have different sort of eye levels, literally to to what um, you know a standing person would have, then have things that have your pictures, have your favorite ornaments, have your whatever uplifts you, your plants at your eye level, not at someone else's. And often people think that an ideal home is something in the magazines. It's, it's not. The ideal home is the home that works for you, is the home that makes you happy, is the home that makes brings you relief, makes you relaxed, uplifts you. That's the ideal home. That's such a great point, too, of having the things that you enjoy and that bring you joy at eye level. So much of the things that I like, like the things behind me, I mean, our listeners can't see, but on the wall behind me are it's fabric that is in quilting hoops. Cause I like to quilt and I like to sew, ah, it's on the wall, but I never look up there. It's like, it's above my head. <laughs> the things in my view right now are, you know, a ring light, um, a glass of water. I do have a nice candle in front of me though. So yeah. that helps. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like also, I'm just taking so many notes over here just for myself too. I like the idea of decorating your door to make it feel welcoming and to bring you joy, mm. even just entering your home. Mm. Mm. And that's important. I think transitions are important. So also think of the transitions when you wake up. So, or when you fall asleep. So have things on your bedside table and around you that um that relax you and that when you open your eyes first thing in the morning um you're not greeted by a pile of clothes that need to be washed or by a pile of dusty books that make you feel guilty because you haven't read them um you know you want to be greeted by something that says hello it's a new day um and whatever that is um maybe a picture of your favorite picture of a plant or of loved ones or whatever it is um so i think like so for me entering and exiting a house or when you awake or fall asleep those transitions are just very 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 important and why is it so hard to maintain this type of lifestyle. I mean, I can personally attest to going somewhere and it's clutter-free and it's, uh, it feels so good. And I leave there and I, I immediately feel inspired to make my own home clutter-free and just spacious and clean and tidy. And maybe I do for a week, but then a week later, it's back to being cluttered. Why is that so hard? And do you have any tips on breaking that cycle I think it's hard because clutter just keeps coming it's not it's not you do it and you're done I mean I've just spent um uh, a quite a, a, a not very enjoyable uh, like 45 minutes decluttering under my desk because I'm changing um I, I'm changing what I'm up to with um COVID and everything that's happened I'm sure lots of people realize that like we've had to change a lot of what we do and how we do it so a lot of things are just no longer relevant to me or to how I work now. But I, Gretchen, I really did not, like I had to motivate myself to do it. And I really identified with my clients because it wasn't fun, but I kind of just told myself, then you just have to do this. You're like, you get, if you're going to keep living, you know, I, and I thought in my head, like every seven years, I'm going to have to have a good, like it's a seven year cycle. I'm going to have to have a good declutter. Um, 
And I think it's just that we've either been sold the idea that, you know, these homes and things are perfect and they don't need looking after. We've been sold the idea that things don't break, that, um, but things need fixing. That's what they do, they break. Um, and, and things need cleaning, That's, things get dirty, that's what happens. Um, and for some reason, we're kidding ourselves that it doesn't happen, but it does. And so the only way of dealing with it is, and I, I think it's the convenience culture. And I think a lot of people aren't taught, we're not taught how to do it. So people don't actually know, and you can't give someone a hard time if they don't know how to clean. Right. So they actually don't, you know, if we're not teaching our kids or ourselves how to sort, how to pack, how to fold, how to clean. And if it's not expected that this is something that you actually have to do every day, um, you know, we're, we're not in a fiction. It is actually, I mean, if we don't do it every day, then it's going to build up. So I think it's just a bit of a hard lesson mm -hmm. that actually it's something that is, is a bit of hard work, but it, as they say here, it is as it is, you know, it's just, you can't get around the facts. <laughs> right. Um, that we've got to clear up after ourselves, that we've got to fix things, that we've got to, and even if we physically or mentally can't do it, if it's not our skill set, we can hopefully get someone else to do it. You know, it still needs to be done. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was just gonna say, I think it's habit. So I often say, you know, if you're not happy with your, habitat change a habit because it's your habits that create your habitat and it's just about repetition and it, you've got to make it into a habit when the the best way of changing a habit is you kind of have to make it fun so uh, I wonder if I can grab I'm in my kitchen at the moment oh hold on a second so I'm back so I had a terrible habit which is still which I still have a little bit of of like when I put jam on my toast, I put the butter knife in the jam pot. Um, my partner finds this absolutely horrific. It's something that you should not do, which I totally <laughs> understand. It's just been, so I thought, right, if I'm gonna change a habit, I have to make it fun. So I bought myself some of these jam spoons, which are fun, which make me smile. So I've actually got better now at putting jam, like using a spoon for jam on my toast, which some people might call clutter, but actually I've managed to change a habit um that was quite annoying and I think habit change I was going to say as well for example some of the people who listen to this podcast if you've got a lot of um medicines or mobility equipment that you need um one you need to be able to access it really quickly with really simple systems um but also if they're things that you're using on a daily basis then make them fun you know either I don't know decorate them or I had a friend that was suffering with mobility issues so I got her a, a, a walking stick which was decorated with lots of flowers um, and it's kind of like whatever sparks whatever helps you helps you through and for me it's um, trying to get a lightness or a, um, a sense of fun into in, so rather than thinking of things as hard work um, so yeah a bit of creativity again I like that. And for those that, well, for everyone who can't see, since you're listening, the spoons that Dr. Zen held up had one was a pineapple on top, right? So they, yes. they had fun little. Yeah. Yeah. Pineapple. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, so cute. Berry. Yeah. Strawberry. Yeah. 
strawberry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cute little, little fruit ceramics on top of the spoon. So, and one thing that I want to remind people too, is doing chores and, you know, tidying up can count as exercise. I know a lot of people will say, I tidied up today. And so I am so tired. I can't do my exercise. And not only that, but they'll feel discouraged. Like, Oh, I didn't get my exercises done today. And so this is just a friendly reminder that you're up and moving your, that decluttering and tidying is exercise. And that can count towards your exercise for that day. I think that's a really good point. So I often, I say the same with decluttering. It is, it is exercise and also cleaning. Um, I find it, you know, it's repetitive if you get it. So it's quite gentle and I find it, I don't know about you, Gretchen, but I find it quite meditative. So if it's a, if it's something that, um, I don't have to think about, like I kind of know, so I've got the system very well set up now in my kitchen and the flow and everything's kind of just, just where it should be so that I don't have to think about how to do the cleaning. I don't have to think about how to do it. I just do it. And actually then that allows my brain to just free think. So I'll think about, and I'll often have creative thoughts and it's, yeah, I don't know why housework has such a bad rap. I, I, I don't, so, like, I honestly sometimes just don't understand it because I find it can be quite soothing, um, just a repetitive and, yeah, just the repetitive movements. Um, and also, obviously, the end result is satisfying, so. Yeah, so changing our mindset around cleaning as well. I think so. And I, I think it's actually a, I think, well, in, in our culture in the UK, I think it's a, it's a gender issue. And it's a, it's a class issue as well and an economics issue. So often our, our cleaners are, are poorer, are female. And so I think there's a bit of, there's just snobbishness about it. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't totally get it um, because, yeah, I think it can genuinely be quite enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us about the charity that you founded, Clutter Chat. Yeah, so I've been working, as um, I said, I've been in the business for about 10 years or so, and I'd worked with individuals in their homes. And then there was a limit to how much how much you could do. Like you'd go in, I thought at first that you could just go in and kind of help them clear out over a weekend or over a week. But I realized that a lot of it is habit and a lot of it is habit change and attitude change. And that just takes time. I mean, how long does it take to learn a language or learn a sport or learn a musical instrument? It takes time. It takes a heck of a lot of support as well. Um, Plus the want to do it. And so then I put on courses and um, ran courses and that was, I was able to access more people and help more people. And some people could run with what was in the course. Others still needed more. Um, But, you know, to have declutterers in regularly is going to be expensive on your, on your budget. Um, So I was trying to kind of make something more affordable as well. And so came up with the idea of setting up a support group and called it Clutter Chat because I don't really like that it could be a hoarding support group or something like that but that's so judgmental I think anytime you have the word hoarding you just get a lot of criticisms coming or critique kind of sitting on unwanted and everybody suffers from clutter you know it's not a it should and judgment just doesn't help and shame doesn't help 
So started this group meeting um, with people from the workshops and some of my clients, and it grew from once a month to every two weeks to every week. And um, I was just saying before we started this chat that, you know, when COVID happened and we were all locked down, just popped onto Zoom. Um, and the, the magic that's come out of it is actually just the magic of just being supported and friendship and entering an environment where you're not having to explain yourself. You're not seen as odd for having a lot of stuff. And it also, those groups give a lot of very practical advice. Um, so, I mean, I set it up and um, used to lead all the sessions and now it's all peer, peer led. Um, and there's, there's just something quite magical about that slow, the transitions and you can see now changes that happen over years um, in people's attitudes and homes and just feeling supported and um, feeling a lot lighter and a lot able um, sort of cope with the world. So now that it's virtual, can anyone join or do you have to be from certain areas? Yeah, well, because we're still quite a young charity. I mean, we are, is hoping to kind of go global or go more sort of national. But at the moment, it's still fairly restricted to Scotland, unfortunately. But there is resources on the um, Clutter Chat charity YouTube channel. So there's a lot of top tips there and there's myself and another couple of declutterers and there's a program on there and we kind of filmed all during lockdown um giving advice and having sort of speakers from all around the world on it and that was lots of fun um but i'm sure there is uh i think there's a, a network called hoarders anonymous i think is global and has places everywhere and there may be other clutter support groups in your area because i know they're growing and I know there are some in um, sort of New York that I've heard of. Um, so there are more and more, um, there is more and more support happening. That's great. I think for almost everything we do in life, having accountability for it is so helpful. So mm. that's a, a perfect resource. These yeah. have been- I mean, I was gonna say in, in lieu of joining Clutter Chat, sort of charity zoom group um because we're not haven't quite got the capacity yet but um get yourself a decluttering buddy in terms of accountability so hook up with a friend um who can be quite a you know a, a friend that doesn't hold back you know a friend that is going to be <laughs> kind but critical yeah and keep you to task and if you can kind of set goals between you and also celebrate your achievements so there's a few things you need to set your goals don't get too disappointed if you don't make it we have in clutter chat a wiggly line so it's either tick i've achieved cross i haven't or wiggly line i'm on the way so always you know wiggly lines are absolutely fine you're going in the right direction um <laughs> and yeah forgiveness is a big thing you know so we try but yeah we'll all we'll all fail at some point but that's okay as long as i think we're heading in the in the right direction Absolutely. Well, these have been such amazing tips. I truly have a list of notes over here and I'm going to re-listen to this to pick up all the nuggets I may have missed the first time. For all of our listeners who want more information from you or want to find you, how can they do that? Do you have any um, resources that they can? Yeah, yeah. if you look for the um, Association of Professional Declutterers and Organizers UK, um, that's APDO UK. 
Um, you can find me on that and it's um, Dr. Zen Moffat and the company is Insightful Moves and I do virtual sessions as well. So, um, so the Association of Professional Declutterers and Organisers, APTO UK and um, yeah, Zen Moffat and you can find me in Glasgow or virtually anywhere in the world. Um, so, and I would say that actually what's been revelatory for me is that I did have a few virtual clients before lockdown and COVID, um, but more now. And it works remarkably well, Gretchen. I'm like, because before when I started, I was like, oh, you have to go in and sort of physically help people. But actually quite a few people just need a plan and just need a bit of motivation um, and just to be sort of kept in touch and prompted and accountability. And it's amazing what, yeah, what you can get moving. Right. And the end result being you feel more energized and you can move around easier. And I think for anyone, but also including people with multiple sclerosis, that's just going to feel so good and yeah. less cumbersome. There's already enough to holding you down with MS that this is one thing that if you're able to manage, you'll just feel so much lighter. You'll be able to feel lighter. And also it's amazing what you find when you go through clutter. So, um, I just, um, I just decluttered a corner. So last year, um, my partner and I decided to try making beer. Uh, we, it's not our talent. We've discussed, decided this is not our talented area. <laughs> so, um, so we are now letting go of the beer making kit. And but I discovered three bottles of wine hidden in it. <laughs> so I'm like, brilliant. And so you can actually like your clutter will also hide real gems, um, you know, things that you've forgotten about that will really uplift you and you go, oh, that's, a, that's really lovely. You know, I've got clients that discover quite a lot of money um, that they've forgotten about. So you never quite know, or it could just be a photograph from the past that makes you laugh. Um, it could be anything, but I think that's the benefit of like going through it steadily, making a plan, saying every Monday morning for three hours or for, for um, five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever it is, 20 minutes, I'm going to do this and just steadily, steadily get through it. And also get the people around you to get them on board, get them to help. If you live with people, get them to tidy up their own stuff. <laughs> so it's not getting in your way. Um, right. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for your time and for sharing all these tips with us. I really appreciate it. That's a pleasure. All the best with everything, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast. <laughs>